During these past few weeks of no ordinary time, we've had lots of challenges laid before us. Last week, it was about the choices we make about food. Luke talked about how eating less meat is fulfilling St. Paul's exhortation in Romans 14. If your attitude to food is distressing others, then you are hardly being guided by love. And there's no doubt our food choices affect and distress others on the planet. All in all, the implications of tackling the climate crisis that we've heard about over these past few weeks has left me feeling a bit battered and a bit powerless. And so coming to this celebration of All Hallows, All Saints on Friday, the church's celebration is a way of remembering in the face of all the challenges that actually we're not alone. Not just are we sharing this as a community here at St. Luke's, not just as part of the worldwide church and people of faith, but we're sharing with all people of goodwill, of all time, the communion of saints. Being part of one human family is both motivation to exercise control about what we eat and how we use the resources of the planet, but at the same time, it seems to me, a resource to meet those challenges. We are in solidarity with each other, with the whole Christian world, and all people of goodwill. Some of you may know the artist Stanley Spencer, who died in 1959. He grew up in a devout Christian home in Cookham, a small village beside the Thames in Berkshire. He hardly traveled beyond London. And all his paintings, and, and particularly his, his biblical scenes, are set in very English landscapes. He has Jesus in the wilderness in a Cotswold Valley. He has the raising of Jairus' daughter in a suburban street. And then it's his great painting of Christ preaching set in the regatta at Cookham. The faces of the disciples being the faces of the local people. He saw the holy in front of him and around him. He said he had a feeling for all things being holy. And he spoke of the rich religious significance of the place where he lived. So the Feast of All Saints is glorying in the wonder of God's love visible in all things and all people. Face to face with others in our daily round of family work, friendships, the hustle and bustle of the tube or the bus, face to face with others, we are face to face with the other. If we have eyes to see, all women and men make God present to us. And then yesterday, the church celebrated all souls. It's almost as if it's one celebration, all saints and all souls in which we celebrate our communion with those who have gone before us. 
remembering those we know and love who have died, our own families and influences. It's almost 20 years since my father died and 10 years last week since my mother died. And still I think of them with all they faced, their struggles, their weaknesses, as nonetheless models of something of goodness for me. I'm lucky. Uh, many people, perhaps some here, will have memories of painful relationships with their parents. But I guess we all have folk who have died, who have gone before us, and to whom we still look for inspiration, whom we still rely on for advice. I often think of the things I want to ask my dad and say, what would he say? People we see as those who set a path for us. Officially canonized by the church, they're definitely not, but they are our saints. These holy souls who have gone before us, saints because of who they are despite their weaknesses. And so we believers, alive in the gospel of the incarnation, the God in humanity of Jesus, are linked with all generations of believers. In all saints and all souls, I think we commemorate all those who are with God, those who quietly bore their everyday struggles as well as the martyrs and models of heroic virtue. As we find in the letter to the Hebrews in chapter 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So reflecting on these days of all saints and all souls, as I have been in preparing this talk, I keep bumping into the prospect of my own death. According to a recent survey, only a third of us have talked with partners, family or friends about our preferences concerning our death and dying. I guess those statistics may vary in, according to age groups. But only 8% of us have actually written down those preferences uh, for our family. Does Jenny on the kids know whether I want to be buried or cremated? According to a YouGov survey, we're more comfortable talking about Brexit, money, politics, religion, and mental health than we are at talking about death and dying. Apparently, according to this survey, we are only made more uncomfortable by talking about sex. But I guess that's not true at St. Luke's. <laughs> according to psychologists, hospital, hospice chaplains and therapists, talking about death and dying with family and friends can greatly improve our end-of-life experience. And so having reached my three score years and ten, the certainty of my own death is more and more present. And I approach 
that prospect of letting go with a certain amount of uncertainty. I have doubts. Maybe that's part of the reason why we find it hard to talk about dying. Is there really a heaven, an afterlife? Is there really going to be a God welcoming me beyond the grave or the creme? And I can't explain those things, and yet why should the existence of God or what happens after death depend on whether I can understand it or not? I don't understand the technicalities of why some music will move me, but it does. I don't understand quantum mechanics. I don't understand or and cannot explain the meaning of time, but whether or not I understand, music moves, the physical universe is there all around me, and time is. I can't explain what comes after death. I only have Jesus' word. The words of Jesus, his life, death, rising again, are the promise of God's fidelity to us. The gospel tells us how Jesus called his followers and they left their nets behind and followed him. I wonder, is that what death means? The moment will come when we will have to leave everything behind, let go, leave behind all that hinders, and hear Jesus' call to follow. So this multitude of saints and souls, this great cloud of witnesses, can reassure me of the words of Jesus that we heard in the scriptures. Whoever sees the Son and believes shall have eternal life, and they will be raised up on the last day. And as St. Paul says, this demonstrates God's love for us, that Christ died for us. So in this hope, perhaps we can be ready to let go, leaving behind our nets and follow Jesus, as the old prayer goes, <clears throat> life is eternal and love is immortal and death is only our horizon and our horizon is nothing save the limit of our sight. Lift us up, strong Son of God, that we may see further. Cleanse our eyes that we may see more clearly. Draw us closer to yourself so that we may know ourselves to be nearer to our loved ones who are with you. So for all our loved ones who have gone before us, Lord, accept our gratitude again. For all the saints, accept our gratitude again. For all this cloud of witnesses, accept our gratitude again.